For this command is a lamp, this teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. Proverbs 6.23 Join Bishop Patrick Bruce of the Lighthouse Chapel International Bantama as he brings you the pure, unadulterated Word of God. This teaching is anointed, practical, down-to-earth and full of wisdom, and will refresh, energize and bring healing to your body and soul. Listen to the Word of God. This morning we have a testimony. Let's welcome our brother Lan to give his testimony. I would say they came in by the blood and by the word of their testimony. Amen. Uh, my testimony is about how Bishop's advice helped me. Um, last last year. January, I was working under somebody. Actually, I was learning how to sew, and then I came to work for the person. So I was working for the person, and I was being paid 120 cities every month, which the money to didn't come in full. It came in part like 50, 70. That's what the person. So my mom was worried, and my mom said he would find a job for me. So that I won't, I, I will earn enough to take care of myself. And my mom got this job, which the woman will pay me 300 cities. And it was Monday to Saturday, 6 to 8, which will affect my church activities. So I came to Bishop and I told Bishop about this, that this is the situation now. Where I am, I'm not getting enough and Things are not that well, so I don't know what to do. I told Bishop, and I told Bishop that uh, because of my church, I was thinking since I know how to sew, I would start something on my own. When I told my parents, they said, no, what, what have you learned that you really want to be on your own? You have nothing, you have no machine. At that time, I was using my mom's machine, so we won't allow you, so you better keep on doing what you're doing. I told Bishop about it, and Bishop said, carry on. You can do what you want to do. And I, re- I remember this in the Bible. You see, if you want to follow Christ, you deny yourself. At the point, you have to even leave your parents to follow. That's why God, Jesus Christ said, pick up your cross and follow me. So I said, okay. I was very scared because I was thinking, there are so many people sowing. How can I survive? How can I get the market? And then I told Bishop, and Bishop said, I shouldn't worry. God is in control. So I started. When I, I stopped that work, and I started in May, my mom took his machine that you have gotten you a job, and you have disgraced me, so I won't give you any machine. And at that time, I had only 150 cities on me. How can 150 cities buy a new machine? I was in town, and I saw this machine. I went to the person, and God being so good, I got a new machine for 80 Ghana cities right after I stopped that work. And since then, I, I, I had a lot of orders waiting for me. A lot of orders. People were, people were always bringing their things for me to sew. And I said, hey, so if I had 
I, I was so scared and I decided not to start on my own because I can't really hit my target. I, was, I, I would have lost all these things. My big brother who told me that he won't give me any money because I disrespected him, he came to the shop and the way things were going, he said, so are you trying to tell us that we are ashamed because of how the things were going? And it was massive. Up to now, I don't struggle for customers and it keeps on coming. And I, I want to say, you see, if you, if, if, you, if you have a father in the house and you get to the crossroad, talk to him. Bishop's advice really helped me much that people see me and they are amazed that a young boy and you started something on your own and it's working so good. Amen. So I want to tell you that we should listen to our father. Thank you. I want to thank you, Bishop, for what you've done for me. Amen. Wow. This morning, you want to stand on your feet as we welcome our own father, Bishop Patrick Bruce, to bring us the word of God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so very, very much for another opportunity to come into your presence. Another chance to hear your word preached to us. Let this word be a sharp word that cuts through the confusion in our lives. Let it be a hammer that breaks all the stubborn obstacles in our hearts. Let it be a fire that burns away all the chaff that clutters our mind. Help us to become exactly what you want us to be. This is my prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Are you happy to be here this morning? This morning, I want to share with you a very important message. We always say it's important. Everything is important. It's true. We're all important. But some are, are, are fundamental. And a good understanding of these has great implications in the rest of your Christianity. Are, are you here this morning? So, I, I really want us to pay attention this morning for what I'm about to say. And um, I'm preaching from this book, Losing, Suffering, Sacrificing and Dying. You really have to get a copy because I will not at all be able to complete my assignment this morning. I, I will not. I know. There is so much that has to be said about this, the issue of suffering. I'm preaching about suffering this morning. Suffering. And there's so much that has to be said, but there's so little time and um, so little opportunity that you need to get the book. Normally it is 20 Ghana cities, but because of our efforts to make it available this morning, you can have it for 15 Ghana cities. I really believe that you should get it and be able to read along as I preach. Hallelujah. Many of us, our, our, our expectation, our hope is that we are about to be blessed. We are, we are looking forward to a good life and believing God for 
a very handsome husband, a good house, a job with a very big salary, long life, a very healthy body, and then you, are, you don't die. You are alive to the rapture. Then you go to heaven, and then you walk from earth to heaven, and that is a good life. Or oh, it's not correct. Yeah, that is what many of us have. There are very few of us who have um, suffering as any part of our expectation for this life. And as a general rule, we really fight suffering. We refuse suffering. Any time suffering comes our way, it is something to be overturned. You pray against it, you cancel it, you bind it. In the name of Jesus, we cancel, fight. Every kind of pain that comes to our lives, we cancel and overturn in Jesus' name. And we send it into the sea. Whichever sea there is, let's see Mampo. Any sea, any, anywhere at all. Just away from us. Because suffering is anathema to us. Hallelujah. Oh, I didn't hear a good amen. And our theology is in the blessings of Abraham. That we are the children of Abraham. How many are the children of Abraham? Yeah, all of us. And so we have received the blessings of Abraham. So we are looking to receive many, I mean, servants, have property, have houses. Even though you don't work hard, we are still believing God for these things. Amen. Let's look at the scripture this morning. Um, Genesis, sorry, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. This is one of our very, very popular scriptures. And verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is he that hangeth on a tree. You know. And then the, the best part is coming. Now the blessings of Abraham. Wow. How many want the blessings of Abraham? That Abraham was blessed. He, he began life as a very humble man, perching in his father's house. He had no property, he had nothing. But he ended life very rich. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. And we are the Gentiles. And so we are believing God that we start life very low, simple. No property, no inheritance, nothing. But by the end of your life, you are rich. May it come to pass also. And it is not a false doctrine. It is a true doctrine. It is not at all that it is something which is not true. It is true. You know. But you see, even as we are reading Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, just go back, just go up again, and then to verse 6, where it says, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness that is the beginning of our, our happiness that this is how it, it came to pass but go further back to verse 4 go further back to verse 4 then you see have ye suffered so many things in vain ah suffering appears here hallelujah are you here this morning Suffering appears here, and then suddenly it begins to look like a different story. Um, 
this book losing suffering sacrificing and dying I'm, I'm picking on chapter 5 if you have the book here with you turn to chapter 5 and if you want a copy just lift your hand I'm sure you will get a copy you want a copy just lift your hand chapter 5 and, and this morning I want to explain something that is very important for all of us to have a clear understanding on suffering why God wants you to suffer hey. why God wants you to suffer Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29 for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe how many believe on him how many believe on can I, can I have a wave please how many believe in Jesus Christ yeah we believe in him and so we see clearly here that it is given unto us not only to believe on him but also to suffer for his sake I mean today I know you don't shout amen it's not a problem because amens and suffering don't go hand in hand. But it's not a problem at all. Amen? Oh, you said amen. I'm so proud Not only are we supposed to believe on Him, but we are also destined to suffer with Him. First Thessalonians. It's in the book. You have to just buy the book. And, and, and it will be very simple for you. First Thessalonians chapter 3. And verse 3. That no one should be moved by these afflictions. Amen. That no one should be moved by these afflictions. It means that this morning, as we sit here, there is very likely somebody who is going through an affliction. An affliction is something unpleasant. Either financial pressure, marital pressure, social pressure, educational pressure, health pressure, any kind of pressure that is uh, prevailing in your life. It says that no one should be moved by these afflictions. For you yourself know that we are appointed. Amen. That we are appointed. There unto. Listen. Are, are you here this morning? I want you to understand that we are appointed. There is a suffering that is inherent in our faith, in our belief as Christians. And we are destined we are appointed to suffer. Amen. Amen. And it is our portion as believers not only to believe on Jesus Christ but also to suffer alongside Him. Because many of us have equated suffering with badness. Now when somebody does something wrong or something bad or when somebody fails that is when suffering is activated in your life. 
and suffering is something which is linked with something you have done wrong or bad. So anytime there's a suffering in our lives, it means automatically that you have done something wrong. And, and that is why we are so vehement in our efforts to escape suffering because we all want to do the right thing. Nobody wants to do the wrong thing. At least most of us. A few do wrong things, but most of us want to do the right thing. And so we really want to escape suffering. Suffering to us is a shame and a disgrace and a sign of a failure that you have not done what you are supposed to do. I mean, you, you cannot tell me that you led hard and you did your best and you passed an exam and you wrote an exam and then you failed and it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And every time you fail an exam, what's the question they ask you? What went wrong? What went wrong? What didn't you learn? Were you swerved? Did you not, were you able to concentrate? Were you sick? Every time somebody fails an exam, automatically something is wrong. Amen? And, and that is how we have also seen suffering in this life. That any time there's a suffering, there's a pain, there's discomfort, something unease in our lives, at once we begin to think, what is wrong? What am I doing wrong? And what is going on? But it is also something that you need to understand this morning, that it is a part of our Christian heritage. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Verse 11. This is God talking to Ananias. And he said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Street, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. This is Saul who was persecuting the church and had just met the Lord on the road to Damascus. And God had touched him and he had been struck blind by the light he had seen on the street. And then now God was sending Ananias go to Saul and touch him that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered something. He said, Lord, I know this man. He's a very bad man. The blindness is very good for him. He deserves it. In fact, also break the right leg and the right hand. Add to the punishment that you have given him, Lord. I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And even here, he has come here with authority to bind all that call upon thy name. Ananias was arguing with God about this man's soul. That, no, no, Lord, leave him in the condition that he is. He deserves to be in the trouble that he is. And the Lord said, no, lift him out of that trouble. Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And look at verse 16. For I will show him how great things he must suffer 
for my name. Amen. Amen. You know, at, at this stage, Paul had, was just beginning, I mean, he, was, he had done his persecution of the Christians, and he was now turning around to serve God as an apostle. And, and the Lord was saying that this man, he is a chosen vessel, somebody whom I have earmarked from the beginning, and I have a plan and a purpose for him. And that plan and that purpose for him includes suffering. Not based on what he had done or, or the evil that he had done in the past. No, that is not the reason. But I have a purpose for, for, for Saul turned Paul. And that plan is that there is a suffering involved. And when you read Second um, Corinthians chapter 11 downwards, when Paul listed suffering, being beaten, being stoned, in shipwreck, in prisons often, suffering hunger, cold, nakedness, in danger, in perils, the countryside, he's, he lists all his sufferings. Then you see the man really suffered. The man really suffered. But we don't even ever link ourselves to that, that behavior of Paul. Amen. We, we, don't. we don't. We don't think that we are like him. Hallelujah. But, but God said, but God said that, that that was my plan. That he would suffer. That was my plan. Hallelujah. And so this morning, I want to bring to your attention a plan for you too. Karen Asha, please help me, that little boy. I, I want to bring to your attention also a plan for you. Amen. Amen. A, a plan for you also. And it is not that um, from today, try and do good and avoid suffering. But the plan for your life invariably involves some suffering. Hallelujah. It involves on suffering. And it is something which we are destined to and appointed unto. That there will be suffering in our lives. Amen. I didn't hear a good amen this morning. And that it is something which try to avoid as we can, as we wish, with all our efforts. Try to escape every kind of hardship that you want to escape. Tell somebody it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. And, and the, the, the lesson I want you to learn this morning is that don't link suffering with goodness or badness. Amen. Are you here this morning? Don't. We have, we have invariably always said that good people should do well and bad people should suffer and prison is there for bad people and every bad person rapist murderer arm robber should go to prison and be locked there and kept there and every good person should be happy walking in town safe and sound that is our our belief in our philosophy and we are trying to implement it ourselves in our lives and so any kind of suffering to us 
has an, a, a, a taint, has an, an aura of badness. But listen, if that is true, are you, are you listening? If it is true that only bad people suffer and not good people, how do you explain the suffering of Jesus Christ? How, how, how do you now put him in, in a category? Jesus suffered. Oh, yes. Unless you didn't watch the Passion of the Christ. How many watched it? How many were saddened and almost wept in the film? But you, you, you had to make yourself a bit hard. You had to bite your teeth and not let them see you are crying. Yeah, you had to show your face that you are a man. Yeah. Do you are a woman, you expect to be a man. Christ suffered. Now, tell me for what bad thing he did that he suffered. If suffering is linked to badness, what did Jesus Christ do that he suffered so much on the cross? That he was beaten, spat upon, despised, crucified, stabbed with a spear. What, tell me what he did that he deserved such suffering. Amen? Nothing. Clearly he was a very good man. I mean, he was far better than you are. Oh, you, you don't think so? Far better than you. I mean, I, I know some of you are quite good. Some are not so good. I, I mean, you are not so good, but some are quite good. But Christ was far better than all of us. And he went through so much suffering. So why, why have we ad- adopted a, a, a theology that suffering is not a part of our expectation? It should be. Amen. It should be. So from this morning, I want us to open our, our hearts and our minds to embrace suffering if it should come upon you. I didn't hear amen. I'm trying to change your mind this morning. I'm trying to make you think differently this morning. That suffering is a part of our doctrines. Hallelujah. And we are destined to it and appointed to it. Amen. Listen. Why God wants you to experience suffering? Isaiah 53 verse 10. The first reason, very mysterious. Very mysterious. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. The first reason is very mysterious. That God was happy. And God saw some benefits in, in the suffering of Christ. God saw that there was something good about suffering. Amen. You know, I remember one day I was in Tamale. And then my son was in Accra. He was, he was in school there. And then one Sunday morning, he called me that I should tell my brother to drive him to church. And he was about 17 or 18 at that time. I said, hey, they should drive you to church. Something is wrong. So, I think the week after, I came down from Tamale. I said, listen, young man, you are about 17 or 18. You live in Accra, Odoko, and you are going to Kolebu, and you cannot go. 
and you are at home on Sunday asking me to, you are calling Tamale for Tamale to call back to Accra to call my brother to drive you to church. I said, something is wrong. Something is wrong. So I came down and I said, come, young man, get in the car. I drove him to the Trotro station. Get down. Find the Trotro queue to Kaneshi and join it. And I, and I stood under a tree and watched him. <laughs> and then he, he found the queue. He was not happy at all. He was in the queue. They would look at me. Yeah, I'm here. And then he was in the queue. And then I said, find a trotro. I gave him money. Jo- get, join a trotro. Get, get to Kaneshi. And then from there, find a trotro that goes to uh, 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 Kolebu and, and, and get on board. And then I, I stood there. Then I was standing by my car. <laughs> and he was in the queue. Then the, his turn came. Then the trotro swallowed him. He thought I would come and join him. I said, no, I have a car. <laughs> so I got into my car. He was in the trotro. Then he drove. Now I was driving behind him. And then the trotro went from Roko to Kaneshi. And when he got there, I said, get down. Then he got down. Then, I, yeah, I was in my car. I said, he was, at the, and I shouted, find the Kolebu station. Find it. And then go and join the queue there too. Then he had to ask the people around, where is the Kolebu station? They told him, cross the road and pass near the toilet. There's a toilet there. Go, and go there. And he went, he went to the toilet. And then you find the queue there too. And then he was in the queue also. And I drove, I was in my car. I, I was driving behind the trotter to be sure he doesn't get out of the wrong place. I was watching over him. But I made him go through the process of going by himself from Odoko to church. And when we got to Kolebu, then he got down. Then he started walking towards me. I said, where are you going? Go to church. Uh, uh, this car today, you're not sitting inside. Then just walk. Find a way and walk down to church. And then he walked from Kolebu station down to church. And as he was walking, I, I could see his face. You know, no, you're sorry. At all. It wasn't happy with me at all. That, ah, the car is here and I'm walking and I could have driven him more comfortably and I could have helped him to ride easily and get to church in comfort. I said, yes, I could. I could easily do that. But that was not my purpose. I was watching him and I was training him to become a better person, able to handle himself in all circumstances and all conditions. Amen. And you know something? That is when I understood the scripture. Because as I sat in my car with the air conditioner on, listening to music, and as he started a trot draw, running on the road, I was very happy. <laughs> I was very happy. I said, I'm teaching him how to become a man and how to travel by himself. And he was learning something about being able to move by himself. Amen. And you see, many of us, we don't understand these things. But God is also very happy to see that you are being transformed and being changed to become a better person. Amen. You are becoming a better person through suffering. Point three. Point three. 
Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8. That though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Listen. If you are not strong and determined, there are many rules, many commandments you will never obey because they require strength to obey them. If you are a person who is very soft, very undisciplined, there are many commandments in the Bible you will never obey them. You will just walk by and see them and just smile and move on. For example, you will never fast. You will never fast. If you do not have the power to endure suffering, ah, you will not fast. Fasting. Fasting. When there's food on the table in front of you, and very often your mother is calling you, Kwame, come and eat. I have prepared jollof, and on the days you are fasting, they prepare your favorite food. Or it's not true. On the day you are fasting, that is the day when in your bedroom you can smell them cooking in the kitchen. That is the day when on the day you are fasting, everywhere you go, there's food is smelling so very nice. Listen, if there is no great willpower and strength inside you, you will never be able to fast. Every time you decide to fast, then you pass the dining hall table, then you see they have made a table, you just take one piece of meat, it's just for the road, for the road. I'm still fasting for the road. No, it takes strength to obey. Amen. It takes strength to obey. It takes strength to give an offering when your money is little. Yeah. And that is why many of us do not give offerings. The church, the church of Christ, is so wealthy. The church of Christ is so wealthy. It does not need... There's a certain church somewhere. They don't take offerings. All they do is receive tithes. If, we, if every single person... Tap your neighbor. I think they are talking to you. Tap your neighbor. I think they are talking to you. Please tap your neighbor. Please tap your neighbor. I think, I think the man... Over there, please tap your neighbor. I think the man is talking to you. I think he's talking to you. I'm not sure, but I, I suspect that he's talking to you. If every single member of a church were to pay their tithes 10% of your increase, there will be no need to take offerings. There will be no need to ever bother to take an offering basket and pass it around. We would have too much money. We would have far too much money, more than we need. If we, if every, but you see, because every other person here doesn't tithe. That's why I said, tap your neighbor, I think today they are talking to you. Every other person, most churches, 30, 40% tithe. It means out of three, one, two, only one person tithe. On every road, check, count on your road, check your road and see who is the tither of the three of us. And two are guilty as charged. And one person is innocent. Every row. 
except some rose, all the five are guilty. That's all. So, occasional rose, all the five are guilty as charged. Yeah. Because it takes great willpower and great strength to, ch- to t- type. Amen. It, it takes great effort to look at your needs and look at the problems that you're about to face in life and then type. Amen. When you know that you don't have money, enough for the week, and then you take out some of that money to give it away, you must be strong, willing to endure a suffering, willing to walk, willing to sacrifice a lunch, a dinner, willing not to uh, uh, buy yourself what you had promised yourself to buy. It takes a, it takes a certain kind of character. A strength of character to be able to obey the, 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 the commandments of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And, and that only comes through suffering. Suffering makes you strong. Suffering makes you strong. The time when I went to the gym and I said I want to put on muscles. It's a true story. It's a true story. Pajo, not anywhere far away. Pajo Jim. I had, I had some friends who were from secondary school. I had a friend just like me in secondary school. But by university, he had become very muscular and very solid. And I said, Charlie, I want to be like you. <laughs> I want to be like you. You know. And he said, Oh, no problem at all. You can be. So meet me at Pajo on a Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Then we start. So Monday at 4 o'clock, I came to the gym. And he was there. And I was there. And he said, okay, we start. Bench press. Lie, lie down. <laughs> and I lay down. And he said, let's start. 30 kilos, 40 kilos. And when I, when I could lift it, so, oh no, then once you can lift it, it's not, it's not doing much work. It must be a weight that is heavy to lift. So he, he, he gave me some weights. Then he said, lift. Press. And I pressed. <laughs> and I could press five. Oh, I mean, five was easy. Then he said, keep pressing. I said, I'm tired. <laughs> He said, no, no, you are not tired, keep pressing. And then he said that you don't develop muscles. And the, you see, you are laughing as you are done. At the beginning, I mean, all the initial lifting and pressing, that doesn't, you don't feel any pain. Nothing is being done. It is when the pain starts, when the pain starts, that the muscles are being stretched and being developed. Oh, it's not true. And the doctor is going to verify or confirm. It's true. But once you, there's no feeling or no pain, there's no muscle being exercised, nothing. You're not gaining anything. When the pain starts, then the thing starts working. I said, very good. <laughs> then I tried it. When the pain started, I said, you know, I've stopped. <laughs> I stopped. I 
went exactly twice. Twice. Then I resigned. That I like how I am. <laughs> I don't want this suffering. I, I'm not so desperate to put on body mass. I'm not. I'm okay. My wife was to marry me, and she did. <laughs> Amen. But it is. It is through pain. It is through suffering that we become sculptured, handsome, every kind of desirable person. Even if you marry me, if I was here, if I was available, you wouldn't marry me. Oh, it's not true. It's true. Look at that face. I say it's true. You are looking for men who have muscles, not like us. Amen. But God wants us to endure suffering. Hallelujah. Are you listening? We have tried too hard to avoid it. We have tried too hard not to let suffering come into our lives at all. We have tried to shield our children. One day I was thinking that my, my boys, when I was 11, 12, I, alone, I could go to STC yard, my trunk and my chop box, put them on the bus and carry to Cape Coast by myself. And when I get to Cape Coast, I will take it off the bus, take a taxi, carry it to my school. My boys couldn't at the age of 11 or 12. One day I was standing by the roadside and I saw uh, a little child, a little girl, about 8 or 7, trying to cross a very busy road. And she was holding a smaller boy of 3 or 4. She just stood there at the road, looked left, looked right. Taxis were crossing, trucks were passing. Zoom, zoom. She just passed through. Hey! I said, my son can't cross this road. <laughs> he will stand there for a long time looking for clear traffic. No car coming. Look left, look right, look left again. No car coming. Before he will cross, the girl stood there. Just look, just, just step into the traffic. Dodge one taxi, dodge one taxi, dodge. Then she was gone. Do you know why she was born on the streets? And she has gone through a suffering our boys have not. And she has seen some very hard times in her life that many of us, our children, have it. That is why she can handle a highway easily. Just chewing gum. Just crossing the road so easily. Whereas our children are concentrating to be sure that no, no car is coming. Amen. Suffering. Listen, this morning you must embrace suffering. Amen. You must embrace suffering. When it comes, you see, when it comes into your life, do not say that I have done something wrong. No, 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 not necessarily. It's our portion. It is our portion. First Peter 2, 20, 21. Jesus Christ gave us an example that we should what? Follow in his steps. And in his steps, there's suffering. Hallelujah. It is a part of our, our, our Christianity. Anytime we try to avoid suffering, we weaken ourselves. And very often we end up not not working in the will of God. Avoiding suffering can easily take you out of God's will. Because God told Ananias 
to tell uh, um, Saul to become poor that there are things he must suffer for his sake. Amen. God wants you to experience suffering for the glory that will follow. God wants you to experience suffering because you will become humble and to take your part in the in the um, work of Christ. Number eight. God wants you to experience suffering because He wants to test you. He wants to see what is in your heart. What is in your heart? He wants to see what you are made of. He wants to see whether you love Him because of the good things He has done for you or whether you love Him. Are you here this, this morning? Whether you love Him because of the good things that He has done for you or whether you love Him because anybody who loves there are times when you must be strong and hard. And whether, when the hard times come, will you stay still tied to the Lord? Or you change your mind and, and, and move away? A certain lady, her father was ill. And her church prayed. They prayed, they prayed a lot. And after praying, her, her father still died. And when, when her father died, what happened? The result was that she stopped church. And she said that if God is God, and he has all power, why didn't he save my father? And because her father died, she came to the conclusion, God is not good. God is not good. That was her conclusion. And then she left church. And, and you see, what, what are you trying to say? That our father shouldn't die again. They should live to 150 and 200. That we should, not, we should all keep, nothing bad should happen to us again. It's not possible. What, what are you trying to say? That you can behave anyhow and pass every exam still? What are you trying to say? That you can live your life anyhow and still have a very good life? No. Hard things happen to us. And it should not ever affect our love for Jesus. Amen. It should, our love for Jesus should never be affected by what we, are, what we are going through. If it does, then you no longer love Him but the things He brings. Then you have become a lover of the gifts of the person and not the person. Because every person that we, 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 we live with, he has his... his we, we need We ourselves, we need training, we need discipline. He cannot, he cannot just be a person doing good things to us all the time. Amen. Suffering. It is an inherent part of our Christian life. This morning, may you change your mind about what you are going through and embrace suffering. Amen.
this morning may you decide that any time difficulty and hardship comes my way it will not drive me away from God but rather push me nearer Him the more I have pain the more I'll pray the more I see difficulties and challenges the more I'll turn to Him in the name of Jesus this morning I want you to just bow your heads just do me a favor right now just bow your heads and just think about any any pain any challenge any suffering any affliction any persecution you are going through just just think for a minute about anything you are going through and just begin to wonder let it drive you even more to the lord not away just think of any pain any discomfort financial pressure troubles you are going through it it should not make you wonder whether and question the love of god but it should rather drive you to the man who loves you so very much and have more faith and more belief in him this morning you want to just bow your head and just examine yourself and just think about what is happening in your life in the name of jesus in the name of jesus Suffering should humble us and bring us closer and closer to the throne of grace. It should cause us to contemplate more and remember what Jesus himself went through. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that all of us who would live godly will suffer persecution. May that persecution be a reminder and a, and, a, and a prompt that possibly you are you are living for Christ in a world that is against Him. If the world were to agree with us, very likely we are doing something wrong. If we were to be happy at peace with the world, everything was this world as it is was was in, was moving in tandem with us. Then very possibly. We're not pleasing the master. But Jesus said that we should take up our cross and follow him. And that they should suffer many things. Maybe our portion, maybe our 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 understanding that this is what Christ has earmarked for us. And this morning maybe you this is you are here. And you have not walked with the Lord as you should, as you could, because you have attempted to avoid suffering. Maybe you are here this morning and you have not obeyed God as you could, as you should. You have not gone the way He has called you, as you could, as you should, because you have tried to avoid suffering. You have tried to become very much like the people around you not too different, not too separated because they are the world and they are living in, in, in the majority of this society. And to follow Jesus, you become a minority. And to follow Jesus, you must go against the grain and the trends and the patterns of this world. And to follow Jesus, you may have to say no to much ungodliness and many things that are very, are very common 
with our secular world and our secular friends. And in trying to avoid that pain and that sorrow, we have compromised our walk and our following of Jesus. And in trying to avoid suffering, trying to avoid any discomfort, we have rather set aside our faith and, and become lukewarm Christians, secular Christians, compromised Christians, crossover Christians, every kind of Christian who doesn't stand out as a good light in society but who is very much almost the same as the world around us because we have tried to become like them. But this morning, thank God that we have an understanding that suffering, being different, being separated is a part of our Christian heritage and our culture. You are here this morning and maybe God is calling you, touching your life. He's drawing you unto himself. But you have not come. You have not come fully or at all because of the avoidance of suffering this morning you want to rethink your your life and take a decision this morning you want to pray lord jesus i have not followed and obeyed your voice and your word but from today by my understanding the pain the discomfort i may endure if i follow you is to be expected and i embrace it any challenge I may experience, any mockery, any, any, any um, being shunned, being set aside, being rejected by my peers, by my friends, that may come unto me as I choose to follow you. I understand that it is to be expected. It is a part of the following you. And this morning I choose it. So if you are here this morning, wherever you are, and you want to say, Pastor, please, I now decide I will follow Jesus. I will follow him closely. I will follow him with all my heart. I now understand that what I have been trying to avoid actually is driving me away from Jesus. It's driving me away from following him and making me become lukewarm and secular and compromising. But from now, I will follow him. And if you are here like that, wherever you are, do me a favor, just lift your right hand. Just lift your right hand. I understand now. I need to embrace this suffering to follow him properly. Wait. Wherever you are, this, just thank you, my brother. I, I see your hand. You now understand clearly that I cannot follow Jesus and avoid suffering. I cannot follow him in this generation, in this time. I cannot follow him among my friends. Every single one is carnal and secular and still not experience pain. Oh no, I will. It's a part of my destiny. And you are here. Please do me a favor. Just your right hand up high over your head. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. I see your hand. Anybody else? You want to follow him closely. You want to follow him for what it takes. You want to follow him because he has called you. And you know he has called you. But up to now, you have not because of the fear and the, and the avoidance of suffering. Just your right hand, please. Thank you. Listen, with your hand raised, do me a favor. Just come to me at the front. Just come to me. Just come to me. If your hand is raised, just come, just come to me.
the name of Jesus. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. But before I pray, there's somebody here also. You are already a believer. You are already uh, uh, born again. But you are also not walking aright. You are walking in compromise. You are walking in, in, in ease. Not, not paying the price you should because of avoiding suffering. You want to join us? Please come and join us also. Shall we all stand to our feet this morning? You want to join us also? Come and join us this morning as we pray. As we pray. Please pray after me. Dear Jesus, if you are here this morning also in the house, it's a very good prayer to pray. Dear Jesus, today I come to you just as I am. Thank you Lord Jesus that you gave your life for me. This morning, I follow you I will serve you and I will give my life to you. Lord Jesus, change my heart. Give me a new heart. A heart that loves you more than anything else. A heart that has set you above everything else. In the name of Jesus. Write my name in the book of life. Keep me unto yourself. Father, thank you so very much for these two and for all of us who are here. Thank you that Lord you called us out of the world unto yourself that we should follow you and be your ambassadors sent out into this world to reconcile the world to yourself I pray for strength of character I pray for determination to walk the road set before us I pray Lord that you lay your hand upon us and guide us by the hand Help us to walk aright. Help us to live aright. I commit my two brothers into your hand, O Lord, that you preserve them unto yourself. Bless and keep them. In Jesus' name, Amen. When he ran to me, he took me in his arms till my head to his chest. We believe the Word of God has come to reach you. Join us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Bantama behind the Confidence Eating Place. This is every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. every Tuesday. Stay blessed.